you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Effie. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited because uh, we met... I don't even remember when, uh, probably a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think it was a couple of years ago. Yep. Somewhere around the globe. Um, and we have definitely done a mastermind and we've done a few different things. Um, and we do bump into each other occasionally, which means I've gotten to know both yourself and your business partner and partner, Emil. Um, and we have had some good discussions already. And I'm very excited for today because I'm sure we will be nerding out with a lot of management stuff. So to give the audience an advantage as well and get to know you a little bit better, would you mind kicking off with doing a presentation or a couple of minutes about who you are and how you ended up where you are and all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Effie, Effie Parnell Hopkinson. And I suppose I got started in this whole world a very roundabout way. I As I was studying my undergraduate degree, I was competing as a bodybuilder. And through that, I had loads of people asking me nutrition, fitness tips and all of that. And I was like, hey, you know what? I can make money off of this. So I actually turned that idea into uh, almost like a business. I was using my knowledge from my undergraduate degree, started uh, actually building my coaching business way back then. I then went and did my master's in nutrition and continued to build that coaching business. And that's kind of when I met Emil. We both had our different coaching businesses and we kind of joined forces and we were brainstorming, pretty much masterminding as well as dating and <laughs> figuring out how to build these businesses and, and um, you know, kind of world domination, I suppose, was the topic of many of our conversations. And in the winter of 2019, he said, why don't you, uh, why don't you come to Thailand and we'll just, you know, hang out. I've got this event that I'm going to DC BKK. I was like, yeah, sure. But you know, why come back to the UK? Let's just stay out there. And so I actually ended up quitting my job. I just graduated from my master's degree and I went all in on my coaching business, building that as Emil was building his and it got, you know, I was eight months into doing it full time and it was very successful. It was pretty much automated. I didn't need to do much apart from my calls and even those I was um, making more efficient. And I was actually approached with a business opportunity to work within another company, which at the time was super hard for me to kind of get my head around because I was my own boss. I liked, I liked that. I wanted to be in charge of all of these things. And then I was, you know, given this opportunity to work for someone else. And I was like, Oh, I don't know about that. And I know Mads and I have had this conversation many times <laughs> in the past. And I was, um, I was resistant to it, but I was like, you know what? Long-term game. I'm, I'm not that old. I can still get away with working for someone else and learning things and, and then applying in the future, which was, you know, really the long-term game. And I worked for that company for a year and a half, worked my way up to operations manager 
learned a whole bunch of different types of skills, which really was the end game of that decision in the first place. And I have recently actually exited that company, a four month exit, and I am now director of operations within Goliath Coaching and working full time with Emil. And that's how we got to where we are. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And uh, yeah, that's a bit of a ride. Uh, I'm very interested as well. I, I really enjoy the fact that you actually ended up working for someone else. And I do that because particularly in our circles, there's sort of this taboo that, you know, oh, well, you know, if you're first an entrepreneur, you shouldn't work for other people and you have to be in control and all that good stuff. And, and uh, sometimes that's a little bit of a shame because re- reality is a lot of people just function much better working for other people. Like not everyone had this dream and desire to necessarily be, you know, independent and on their own. But I think I think the fact that some people take the jump and do it, I'm I'm very happy to see because there's definitely like if you're if you're around the entrepreneurial community and you're like, yeah, I work for someone else, that's kind of like, ooh, what are you all about, right? Totally. So. Uh, I, I really like that you did that. How, how did you actually feel going through that? Like, how does it feel first, like being on your own and then starting to work for someone else again? Uh, <laughs> there were many days when I couldn't get out of bed. It was really tough. There was a huge identity shift that needed to happen and a lot of ego work. Because when you're in yep. your own boss, you can pretty much control the money that you make you can control all of your inputs and you can predict all of your outputs and then to suddenly have all that control taken away from you and placing your income in the hands of someone else is is a big, big shift. And as I said, it was very hard at the time and I was doing a lot of work trying to get through it and trying to see the pros and cons, but it kept on coming out that I would only benefit from taking this opportunity And I feel like, you know, even the events that I did go to during the time when I was working for Remote Fit Pro, I really felt almost embarrassed to say that I worked for someone else, especially as you said, within our circles, it's, it's almost frowned upon. It's like, well, why are you working for someone else? You've got to like do your own thing. And I was like, you know, to a certain extent, I was kind of reluctant to tell people, but I was just like, well, no, this is part of my plan. This is, this is a stepping stone. This is not the end game. This is not where I'm going to end up. It is simply a stepping stone for me to gain experience, knowledge, work with other like-minded people, work closely with the CEO and COO of this business and learn what I can to then apply in the future. And I think that's just such an invaluable experience that people don't see when you say that you're going to be working for someone else. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, so working for someone else. I mean, what what are the key takeaways you've learned? So pretty broad question but the key takeaways I think was that no one really knows what they're doing you know everyone can put on a front and have this kind of outward appearance as to how they think that you should run a business but actually everyone is just learning everyone is just making mistakes and learning from that and applying and just moving forward and keep on pushing forward and I learned that whilst you know, a business may look like they're succeeding on on the front. Actually, there are loads of things going on behind the scenes. And that's what I fell in love with. Because initially, you know, I didn't mention this in, in that kind of introduction, but initially I went in as a business coach. 
but through kind of working with their clients I was just like oh no I love I love problem solving I love the business side of things I love processes and systems and fixing things and finding solutions and so actually from being a business coach I moved into being a project manager from project manager I moved into being an operations manager so I think one of that like that kind of takeaway is that you can learn so many other skills and so many other kind of facets of the working business and build up this like amazing skill set that you can then apply going forward and another one of the key takeaways is the team that we were I was working with was a team of 20 to 25 and we were working like globally around the world we have people in the Philippines people in the states and California um, in pretty much every single time zone we had someone working for us and you know it was an operation in itself to manage a team in all of those different capacities so that was a that was amazing that was an amazing opportunity Excellent. Yeah, and that's. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think a lot of people is missing that, right? And because, but particularly nowadays, like so many entrepreneurs come out, and I mean, I I sometimes work with people in their 18, 19, 20, early twenties, right? And they they haven't got that experience, and and sometimes I mean, it's not that's not a right or wrong way to do things, right? But I think for a lot of people, it's that there's definitely a lot that can be learned. Because what tends to happen for a lot of people is that they go very slow because you, you don't have a lot of finances. You don't have a lot of stuff to work with initially uh, when you're bootstrapping things and you know, you're know you trying to get something up running. And very often the, the benefit of actually working in a business is the fact that you, you're, you're experimenting with other people's money, not your own, right? Uh, so obviously you probably care a little bit more about your own money. Uh, well, m- most people do at least. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think it's a very interesting, um, like it's some interesting impressions you can get and it is really a free lesson, right? Um, that that's a big entrepreneur in Denmark where I'm from that basically says like, you know, you, you should go out and basically offer to work for free for someone who does what you want to do just to actually get knowledge and the skill like it's not always about are you making this bit of money or that bit of money like that it doesn't matter right what matters is are you learning the things you need to know to take yourself to the next level right exactly and you know it's a similar concept that tom billy talks about is you should be falling in like banging on people's doors asking to work for free because of the networking because of the skills because of everything else that you learn in that process and as I said previously that's exactly why I did this it was a stepping stone it wasn't about the money at the time obviously I was taking a huge pay cut compared to what my business was running but also in that process I actually learned what it is that I truly truly love and truly what I'm passionate about which is the operations and systems and you know to a certain extent in my coaching business it was you know, that passion was there, but it was very much masked by the client facing work that I was doing. You know, I loved building things. I love finding better onboarding systems, but I didn't really know that that was really, really my thing until I was in someone else's business. And I could spend the time delving into all these new things, because as you said, it's not my, it's not my money. It's not, you know, it's someone else's business. So I can kind of utilize that. Okay. That's, uh, that's really cool. Well, uh, let, let's talk about more about some tips and tricks in terms of management skills. So, um, I mean, we talked a little bit prior to going live and you, you talked a bit about communication, right? 
So what, from a communication standpoint, is, is really the biggest takeaways you've learned and what's, yeah, what, what are you utilizing today that you've learned over the, over the last couple of years? In terms of communication, right, we, we talked a little bit beforehand and you mentioned communication was one of the things you had learned a lot about. So what's, what's sort of the key takeaways communication-wise that you've learned the last couple of years? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of communication, it's always really important to have very clear expectations and responsibilities outlined for every single member on the on the team, including, you know, CEO, COO level um, of the team. Everyone has to understand what it is that they're doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it. And from there, you can build such an effective process of communication, um, flow of communication within the team that makes everything from you know admin style tasks all the way up to kind of decision making tasks a lot a lot a lot easier um so for example we had this concept called paint it done which is actually a idea from Brené Brown she has a book dare to lead which is an amazing book for um management and leadership and paint it done essentially is making sure that when you're delegating a task or outlining a specific project that needs to be done, you paint it done. So everything is outlined from deadlines, who owns it, who's involved with it, what specific subtasks need to be completed to make sure that the overall task is complete. So you're making sure that every single person has every single material they need to complete the task. And essentially that's worked really, really well for me in the past is making sure that you're combining that painted done method with the expectations. And from that, you can build this kind of effective communication pattern and making sure that you're actually staying on top of that communication throughout processes as well is vital, especially with teams that are, you know, worldwide that are in multiple time zones. You really need to make sure that you're going out of your way to communicate with your team. Yep. That um, makes a lot of sense, and I, I like that. I, I haven't actually heard of that particular framework before, but uh, it, it makes sense for sure. Uh, one of the things we always focus a lot on is, you know, making sure you you know who does what by when, because I think a lot of the time, particularly in meetings and stuff, when when people leave a meeting, it's not always clear who's supposed to do what and when is it yeah. due, and you know, very often like there's no clear tracking, so people might forget they have to do it, and yeah. all like all those kind of systems that are missing. Um, yeah, Emil always um, he always teases me because I always come to meetings with agendas. Like even meetings in his office, I'll come to his meeting, uh, come to his office with an agenda, and we'll go through the agenda, and then all the tasks will like delegate to you know him or I or someone else on the team. And he'll always tease me about it, but I always think it's the most effective way of making sure that it's all very clear with who is doing what and by when. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, as long as you're getting results, don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's, that's definitely key. What about, uh, so, so obviously expectation is, key what what about more sort of straightforward communication in terms of uh talking to staff members and so on any any particular golden nuggets around that yeah i think it's really important to always 
get off on the right foot. So, you know, whenever we brought in a new team member or whenever we hired a new external contractor or anything like that, I always made sure to have a number of Zoom calls with them with videos on so that we can actually kind of connect on that front and find out a little bit more about them, their personal life, what it is that they're trying to achieve. We go through this kind of goal setting exercise as well with every single new team member that kind of comes on board. And it really allows us to align with what it is that they want to achieve in their life. And we can actually help provide for that and help get them on the right track to achieve those things. And I think that's something really important in that you're building an actual relationship and a long lasting, almost friendship with those people. And, you know, there is a line that you have to, you have to keep to a certain extent in terms of like professionalism, um, authority and respect on both fronts with, with that. But in terms of communication with individuals and the team, just I've always made sure to be very, very honest, be very honest with what it is that I expect from them, but also what they can expect from myself as well. I always make sure to have my office hours very, very clear, especially when I'm working with people in the Philippines, for example, I always make sure that they understand that I'm only going to be really online um, at a specific time in their day. So they, you know, I expect them to be online when I'm online to a certain extent to make sure that the communication doesn't fall in that sense. Um, but also, yeah, that's it. Excellent. Excellent. And how do you find it? I mean, you, you said you've got some great experience working with people in multiple places and so on. How, how have you generally found it working with people uh, pretty much across the globe, really? Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough, but I find if you, again, if you're just open with communication and everyone understands what hours people are working, then I feel it's manageable. I feel like if you have clear expectations with when things are going to get done, depending on where people are in the world and, you know, especially in terms of their contractual hours, like if someone's part-time, then you have to be able to manage your expectations as to how long it's going to take them to do a task, for example. Um, but I think also taking into account really kind of where your limits are is really important. Mm -hmm. So for example, yeah. in the, in the team that I worked in previously, we found it impossible, well, not impossible, but very, very hard to work with people who were in Australia and, you know, even PST in America, we found it very, very tricky to even kind of match and sync calendars and get people, you know, on team meetings because they're really, really important to make sure that everyone's kind of on the same page. And if you have to start singling someone out, making sure you're having extra meetings with someone because they can't make the kind of team meetings, we found it really tricky. So actually what we ended up doing was we ended up not hiring from certain places just to make sure that everyone was at least online at some point in the day altogether so that we could keep things moving forward, communication um, flowing in, in that sense. That makes a lot of sense, and and I mean we we definitely we've definitely worked with that a lot, right? So I I have quite a big team in in Philippines, and I have staff in like UK and South Africa, and we also have some some guys in the US, right? So and and I can totally relate to to the working hours, and particularly particularly team calls, but also just the day to day communication between managers, right? Because mm -hmm. when you have a manager, if they're managing people in multiple time zones, like it it 
it quickly becomes a little bit tricky, right? We we luckily so far we haven't really had problems, but we've always managed to make it happen. But I can I can definitely see how that can be a bigger one uh, for some people, right? Again, like our staff is relatively flexible. They don't have, a lot of them don't have kids and stuff, right? So it's not really a, a big issue, but I can definitely see like um, traditionally when, you know, when people are used to getting up at certain hours and going to bed at certain hours, it, it, it very quickly become problematic. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's also where, you know, that kind of open open feedback loop almost with your team is really important because you know I've worked with people who were in the states and they actually tried to completely flip their their routine to in order to meet this the routine of everyone else who is in Indonesia for example and it just doesn't work and it's not healthy for them so it's making sure that you're actually providing everything that you need for everyone to be working towards a common goal but within their limits and within their bounds yeah for sure that uh, that makes sense what's from a management standpoint like what's the biggest management challenge you've ever faced the biggest management challenge i've ever faced i think was when i had a team member call in sick for a week with no without letting me know in advance so you know the first couple of days uh they didn't show up for work And then on the third day, they actually said that they were not able to come into work for the rest of the week. So that was definitely a tricky situation in terms of how to handle that from a management leadership um, point of view, you know, especially in terms of actually giving them support with what was going on, but also making sure to keep it very clear that it wasn't acceptable in how they actually dealt with the situation as a whole as it really did affect the business and you know it was it was a very tricky moment for the whole team because essentially you have to kind of pick up the slack for one person that has no control really over what it is that they were off of work for so that was a really really tough situation lots of hard conversations were had and you know expectations had to be reset and we had to really kind of go back over how we communicated with that person to make sure that we, you know, we were doing the right thing. We had to keep on like checking ourselves. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, obviously one of the most important things from a management standpoint is actually hiring the right people in the first place that tend to make life uh, a billion times easier. <laughs> so uh, any, any particular tips and tricks, how, how have you gone around it and, Have you done well from a recruitment standpoint and any, any sort of golden nuggets that uh, we can all learn from? Yeah. So I was kind of heading up the hiring department in the company I was working for previously from January of 2020 to about May of 2020. And yeah. in the first three months we were interviewing all the wrong people. <laughs> we weren't, We didn't have very clear ideas of what it is and who it is that we really wanted, what roles we were trying to fill and why. And our interview process didn't really ask the right questions. It didn't really test the people that we were interviewing with the culture fit, with 
the type of person that we really wanted on the team, the kind of qualities that we really wanted in that person. And so, you may, I mean, those first three months, we did find a couple of um, diamonds in the rough. But aside from that, we learned a lot in terms of how to then approach the interview process. And I suppose even getting clear on our job descriptions from the get-go was a very, very important lesson for us. And then from that, we paid way more attention on asking the questions as to what role it is that we're trying to fill and who the ideal candidate is for that. And, you know, it's a very obvious thing to do in terms of a hiring process, uh, a hiring SOP. But when you're almost panic hiring, it's something that you can so easily forget about and you can just kind of gloss over and you'll be like, that's fine, I'll just, I'll just start hiring. I'll find someone, it's not a problem, I'll deal with it later on. But actually getting clear on that job description, getting clear on the person that you want in your culture and to find someone who is a culture fit is literally the first and most important step. Because from there, when you actually get applicants that are resonating with your job job description and then going through, we had a um, just a kind of form application that we would then screen people in and out from Um, as well as like a video application it's very easy to get basically them to do all the work give you all the answers that you need and end up having the best of a bunch of applicants that you are hoping are going to you know fit the bill definitely yeah and and, i mean it's it's a common thing right like i i see it very very frequently and I, i basically i tend to say that you know, people write job descriptions not for the candidates, but for themselves, mm-hmm. right? And like, rather than actually considering like who is the candidate, what's the type of personality we're looking for and all that good stuff, they they write it the way they want to see it, right? They write it in a way that sounds good. And, and honestly, a lot of companies just go into job portals and copy someone else's uh, job description. And the, the challenge is like recruitment is literally one of the most important things you do as a business owner all right Mm -hmm. so if you're skimping on that you're you're gonna end up likely i mean you might be lucky or or have a magical intuition or something but but you're likely to end up in a situation where where life sucks right and and reality is right no hire is significantly better than a bad hire yes and if 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 you've ever had a bad hire uh you do not want to go down that route again, right? And and that's usually actually that's when people come to me and start talking about recruitment. That's when they've had a bad hire and they're like, "Oh, we hired this person and the world exploded," kind of thing. And and like it, it is worth investing the time and effort in doing it right. And uh, yeah, I was literally just about to say exactly the same thing. You know, the time and energy and effort put in the front end of the hiring versus that time and energy spent if you hire the wrong person it's infinitely better to just do the work in the first place find the right people build the right avatar almost and go from there excellent excellent well that sounds good Afi. that sounds good any other sort of magical things or gold nuggets sort of likes you think would be great to share with the audience i feel inclined to talk about um software stacks not software stacks but you know kind of management and organizational pieces of software i have so many people coming to me being like what's best 
Asana or ClickUp or Notion or this or that. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, there's that whole conversation about whether Slack is the best form of workspace communication versus whatever else there is nowadays. But really, it's not even about what this piece of software can do. It's how you use it and how your team uses it. And, you know, just making sure that it's the right fit for your team and your business as opposed to going with what's fancy and what everyone else is using at the time, you know? Actually, the secret is using it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to put it politely. So so that, that challenge is so many people is cycling around in software stacks. And then uh, that, that the fundamental is most of the software, I mean, they, they're, they're not that different, right? And they, can, they can do very similar things, but the, the fundamental is what what's, what is it that can actually get done right what what is it if you can't get your team to do it um if you can't get your team to use the tool it's not going to work right so the the number one thing is you want to implement a tool and actually make sure your team uses it that's the key yeah we have to sell your team on it that's like something that i i learned throughout really managing a team is making sure that you're getting your team to understand why they should use it selling them in on it for sure yeah fantastic well, thank you very, very much for your fantastic contribution today. Uh, if people are eager to get hold of you, what's the best way of doing that? Best way is going to be Facebook, for sure. It's F.E. Parnell Hopkinson. And um, our page is Goliath Coaching by Dr. Emil. And we're both on that as well. Yeah, fantastic. Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us today. And to the audience, thank you very much for listening. We will be back again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.